You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. One thing for you to sin. It's one thing for you to sin by yourself against God. That's between you and God, obviously. But it's an entirely different ball game when you cause someone else to sin. When you cause someone else to sin, you better be looking for that millstone to tie around your neck and jump in the water. When you cause someone else to stumble, There's a major problem. Many people, when they commit sin, have the viewpoint that it's not harming anyone. They may even include others and think it's no big deal. Yet, as Pastor Dave points out today, when your sin causes someone else to sin, you're going to be held to a harsher judgment. Don't lead others to sin. God will judge you for that. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 15 as he continues his message, The Parade of Kings. This Abijam died, and his son Asa now reigns in his place. Let's read the next game. That's why we call it a parade of kings. Number nine, verse nine. In the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Asa became king over Judah, and he reigned 41 years in Jerusalem. His grandmother's name was Micah, the granddaughter of Abishalon. Notice it's the same ones. Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did his father David. Well, looky here. And he banished the perverted persons from the land and removed all the idols that his father had made. He also removed Micah, his grandmother, from being queen mother, because she had made an obscene image of Asherah. And Asa cut down her obscene image and burned it by the book Gidron. But, uh uh-oh, The high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was loyal to the Lord all his days. He also brought into the house of the Lord the things which his father had dedicated and the things which he himself had dedicated, silver and gold and utensils. Now there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all their days. And Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. And then Asa took all the silver and gold that was left in the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the treasuries of the king's house and delivered them into the hand of his servants. And King Asa sent them to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tabrinimum, the son of Hezoi, Hezion, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me as there was between my father and your father. See, I have sent you a present of silver and gold. Come and break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and sent the captains of of the armies against the cities of Israel. He attacked Eon, Dan, Abel, Beth, Makkah, and all Chimaroth with the land of Natali. Now it happened when Basha heard it, he stopped building Ramah and remained in Tirsa. Then 
King Asa made a proclamation throughout all Judah. None was exemplified. And they took away the stones and timber of Ramah, and which Bashaw had used for building. And with them, King Asa built Geba of Benjamin and Mizpah. The rest of the acts of Asa, all his might, all that he did, and the cities which are built, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? But in the time of his old age, he was diseased in his feet. So Asa rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. Then Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place. So we come to Asa, and he begins with a heart just like David. He reigns for 41 years. He does what is right in the sight of the Lord. He banishes all the perverted people. He gets rid of all the prostitutes and all the, all the ones who are, who, are, who are perverted in the nation. He removes the idols. He even throws his grandmother out because she was making idols. He even got rid of grandmama. He's making great reforms. He's taking care of things. He's taking care of business. And then we come to those beautiful words. What, what, what is it? In verse 14. But. Change his direction. Change his direction. He compromised. And he didn't remove the high places. Again. 2 Chronicles 14.3 says. Asa did remove the high places. But he mentions that the high places in connection with the altars of foreign gods. He removed the high places of the foreign gods, but not the high places that were built to the Lord. They, where were they supposed to worship? Jerusalem. Remember the argument that the, that the woman at the well wanted to, wanted to have with Jesus? She started talking about worship. You people say we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem, but our people worship on that high mountain on there. That high mountain, that's a high place. That's a high place. They were forbidden to have high places of worship. And they built these altars and things up high, and they went up there and they worshiped when the Lord strictly commanded all Jews to worship in Jerusalem at the temple. That's where they were. Remember Jeroboam? Made golden calf and put it in Dan. Golden calf and put it in Bethel. And had all the people worshiping there. Built the high places and all. This was totally against the Lord. But Asia removed the high places that were dedicated to idols. Not the high places that were dedicated to the Lord. But he also gets a nevertheless. His heart remained loyal to the Lord. Here's one of the good guys. Who hung in there. Even though he compromised a little bit. Even though he was having some bit of a problem. Allah David, Allah David with Bathsheba and Uriah numbering the people. David had some mess ups. Come on, you remember? He was always at war with this guy named Bashaw, who we're going to study here in a little bit. He's going to be king of Israel. Asa reigned forty-one day, forty-one years, and when you get to First and Second Chronicles, we'll read much more. Now, as we now turn a corner. The rest of chapter 15 and the rest of chapter 16 deals specifically with the kings in Israel, the northern territory, Israel, or the northern kingdom. Let's read 25 through 30, 32. A new king now comes on parade. His name is Nadad. Verse 25. Now Nadad, the son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel. Remember, that's the northern district. In the second year of Asa, king of Judah. And he reigned Israel two years. <laughs> Why? He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and his sin by which he had made Israel sin. Then Basa, the son of Ahijah, of the house of Ishkar, conspired against him. And Basha killed him at Gibbethon 
which belonged to the Philistines, while Nadab and all of Israel laid siege to Gibeon. Bashak killed him in the third year of Asha, king of Judah, and reigned in his place. And so it was, when he became king, that he killed all the house of Jeroboam, and did not leave to Jeroboam anyone that breathed, until he had destroyed him, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken to his servant Ahijah, the Shilonite, because of the sins of Jeroboam, which he had sinned, and by which he had made Israel sin, because of his provocation, with which he had provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab are, and all that he did, are they not written in the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And there was war between Asa and Bashah, king of Israel, all their days. So this, this Nadab doesn't get a lot of time. He gets a little bit of press. He's Jeroboam's son. He reigns for two years, and he's as evil as dad. He learned a lot from his father because he was just as evil, if not worse. In 2 Chronicles 11.14, tells us that both Jeroboam and his sons were responsible for driving the priests out of the land of Israel. In other words, they got rid of all the true priests, which would be what? The Levites. They got rid of all the Levites out of the land of Israel. Why? Who remembers what they did? Who remembers what Jeroboam did? He became a priest. He set up his own priesthood. Remember? He set up his own priest up. He, he said, oh, you're a priest. You're a priest. You're a priest. Oh, yeah, and you're a priest. He, and oh, by the way, I'm a priest too. He, said, he was going against God's word. He was doing all these crazy things. So you know, he was responsible for driving them out of the line. So Nadab was sharing directly in dad's sins. He was sharing directly in his sin. And then he's killed by Basha. Hence, the dynasty of Jeroboam is gone. The dynasty of Jeroboam is gone. And, you know, in 1 Kings 11, when God told Jeroboam through the prophet that he was going to make him king of the northern district, that God was going to rip Israel apart. He was going to rip it from the hands of Solomon or Solomon's sons, and he's going to make Jeroboam king. He made a lot of promises to Jeroboam. If you would walk in my ways, if you would obey my commandments, if you do these things, what God was saying there, you could have a lengthy dynasty. Things could have been good for you. It was my plan to rip the nation apart because of the sins of Solomon. It was my plan. I'm using you to follow my plan. If you would just do the things that you're supposed to do. Jeroboam did not. He sinned greatly against the Lord. He sinned greatly, and his son only reigned for two years before he was assassinated. And then they killed all of the descendants of Jeroboam. And this is what happens in monarchies. This is what happened in monarchies. Remember when David became king after Saul had died, or, or right before Saul died. One of the, one of the times when they were in the, um, in the cave, and David cut off the hem of his robe. Remember, and, and Saul left. And he yells out to Saul, Saul, look, I could have killed you. I could have killed you, but I did not. And Saul turned around and he realized that David was going to be the king. And he said, when you become king, please don't hurt my descendants. Because that was the thing they did. If I, if, if, if I became king, I want to make sure that the previous king's descendants weren't going to challenge my throne. So the only way I could do that was to get rid of them. So he killed them. And that's what Bashar is doing. 
to Jeroboam's kids, his whole family. He's wiping them out. It's a wild time, man. This is crazy. This is, this is crazy. So Basha, following God's command, and then this is what happens to him. 33 and 15. In the third year of Asa, king of Judah, Basha, the king of Ahijah, became king over Israel in Tirzah. He became king over Israel in Tirzah, and he reigned 24 years. Here we go. Verse 34 could be a rubber stamp. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of Jeroboam. Wait a minute. You're killing all of Jeroboam's family, but you're going to walk the same way he walked. And in his sin, by which he made Israel sin. That's huge, folks. That's huge. It's one thing for you to sin. It's one thing for you to sin by yourself against God. That's between you and God, obviously. But it's an entirely different ball game when you cause someone else to sin. When you cause someone else to sin, you better be looking for that millstone to tie around your neck and jump in the water. When you cause someone else to stumble, there's a major problem. A major problem. Remember that. This is what Basha, he's not only causing a couple people to stumble, He's causing the entire kingdom of Israel to stumble. So he has to answer heavily, and he does. Then the word of the Lord came to Jehu, the son of Hanai, against Basha, saying, Insomuch as I lifted you out of the dust and made you ruler over my people. Notice that statement. Who made him ruler over the people? God. God put every one of these rulers in place. Good, bad, and indifferent. God put them in place. Just like God has put every single president in place of the United States. He has placed them there for a specific reason. God has done that. And that's why we pray for them. Regardless of whether we voted for them or not. We pray for them. Because they are God's choice to lead the nation. He says, the Lord is speaking through this Jehu. Inasmuch as I lifted you out of the dust and made you a ruler over my people Israel, you have walked in the way of Jeroboam and have made my people Israel sin to provoke me to anger with their sins. Surely I will take away the prosperity of Bashan and the posterity of his house, and I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. The dog shall eat whoever belongs to Bashan and dies in the city, and the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the fields." Now the rest of the acts of Bashar, what he did, and his might, are they not written for the book of Chronicles of the king of Israel? So Bashar rested with his fathers and is buried in Tirzah. Then Elah, his son, reigned in his place. Also the word of the Lord came to the, by the prophet Jehu, the son of Hanai, against Bashar and his house, because of all the evil that he did in the sight of the Lord, in provoking him to anger with the work of his hands, in being like the house of Jeroboam, because he killed them. Wow. There's a pattern here. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. Each one is getting a little nastier than the next. Each one is trying to outdo each other with their sin. This guy is from the house of Iskachar, one of the 12 tribes. He reigns for 24 years. He kills all the people of Jeroboam according to the, uh, the prophecy because of Jeroboam's great sin. What is interesting, what really is interesting, take a minute and flip back a page 
to chapter 14, verse 11. He's talking to Jeroboam. The prophet is talking to Jeroboam. The dog shall eat whoever belongs to Jeroboam and dies in the city, and the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field, for the Lord has spoken. Go back over to 16, verse 4. The dog shall eat whoever belongs to Bashah and that dies in the city, and the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field. Because he killed the house of Jeroboam, now the Lord is coming after him with the exact same prophecy. With the exact same prophecy. Bashah was a wicked man. And this was a dreadful 24 years in the history of Israel, both spiritually and physically. It was one sad time. He did in sight of the Lord, and the Lord came against him with his word. He heads a conspiracy to kill Nadab, and he kills the whole house. He is one wicked king, and he patterns his life after Jeroboam, so he faces the exact same judgment as Jeroboam. Put it, we'll summarize it. Though Bashah got, was not a genetic descendant of Jeroboam, having murdered his family, he was certainly a spiritual descendant of Jeroboam, and he got exactly what Jeroboam got. So I hope that you're noticing God's hand through all this, how God is directing them. He, the kingdom is still there. It's still Israel. It's still Judah. We're not talking about Judah right now. We saw the first two kings, but we're looking at these things. And I don't know if I was Ella, if I wanted to be king. I don't know how old Ella was when he watched this, but did he say, I mean, Come on, if you knew all this was going on, would you really want to be king? I mean, and think about this too. If you're watching someone get hammered by the Lord because of their sin, wouldn't you kind of think, well, wait a minute. Now we have Elah, 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 Elah. Verse 8, chapter 16. In the 26th year of Asa, notice Asa still ruling in Judah. Ella, the son of Bashah, became king over Israel and reigned two years. He serves a whopping two years in Tirzah. Now his servant, Zimri, commander of half his chariots, conspired against him as he was in Tirzah, drinking himself drunk in the house of Arza, steward of the house of Tirzah. And Zimri went in and struck him and killed him in the 27th year of Asa, king of Judah, and reigned in his place. And then it came to pass when he began to reign, as soon as he was seated on his throne, that he killed all the household of Bashah. He did not even leave him one male, neither his relatives nor his friends. Thus Zimri destroyed all of the household of Bashah, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke against Bashah by Jehu the prophet, for all the sins of Bashah and the sins of Elah his son, by which they had sinned and by which they had made Israel sin in provoking the Lord God of Israel to anger with their idols. Now the rest of the acts of Elah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles in the kings of Israel? It's quite a cast of characters. I don't think, you know, this is incredible. Elah is the son of Bashah. He reigns for two years. He's killed by his commander of his chariots, Zimri. And in verses 15 through 20, We see Zimri's reign. Here we go. In the 27th year of Asia, king of Judah, Zimri had reigned in Tirzah seven days. (laughs) He reigned for seven days. And you wonder why the nation is so messed up. You wonder why the nation is having such problems. 
And the people were encamped against Gibeathon, which belonged to the Philistines. Now the people who were encamped heard it and said, Zimri has conspired and also was killed, has killed the king. So all Israel made Amri the commander of the army, king over Israel that day in the camp. Then Amri and all Israel went with them up to Gibeathon, and they besieged Tirzah. And it happened, when Zimri saw the city was taken, that he went into the citadel of the king's house and burned the king's house down upon himself with fire and died. Because of the sins which he had committed in doing evil in the sight of the Lord, in walking in the way of Jeroboam, and in the sin which he had committed to make Israel sin. Now the rest of the acts of Zimri, are they, and the treason he committed, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So he kills off the house of Basha in fulfillment with the prophet Jehu. And recorded here is one of the very few suicides in the Bible. There are several. Samson committed suicide in judgment, remember, when he tore the uh, temple of the uh, Philistine god down on top of him? Saul committed suicide when he fell on his sword. Remember Ahithophel? He committed suicide also. And, of course, Judas Iscariot committed suicide. The Bible never approves of suicide. It is sin. It's self-murder. But yet we would be wrong to look at it as the unforgivable sin. We would be wrong to look at it as the unforgivable sin. Unfortunately, a person who does that has bought into the lives of Satan, whose purpose is to kill and destroy. It's a strange thing, suicide. It's a strange thing. Having been near the edge several times myself, I know exactly what that person feels like. It's not a very good feeling. Not a very good feeling. But I was too much of a chicken to do it. Zimri only reigned seven days, but in those days he walked the way of Jeroboam. God allowed many wicked kings in Israel to reign much longer than this, but God was under no obligation to let them do this. Sooner or later, God's judgment comes upon the sinner. God's judgment comes upon a sinner. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you reap, that should you sow. Sow to the flesh, you reap to the flesh. You sow to the spirit, you reap to the spirit. So our next guy in line, we're going to get through it. Omri. Then the people of Israel will divide it into two parts. Wait a minute. First of all, the nation is ripped apart, and Judah in the south and Israel in the north. Now, all of a sudden, Israel is ripped in half. So now there's three. This is crazy. See what sin does? See what sin will do to a nation? This is scary, folks, because I see my beloved in the United States of America being torn apart. I see it being torn from within. I see it being torn apart because of sin and, and the flesh in the world. I see it. God definitely has a plan, and we need to follow him more and more. We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 1 Kings or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you, and if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand and we'd still love for you to be part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com and don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but we are grateful that you were a part of our listening audience today. Be sure to join us again next time for more from First Kings right here on Assure Hope.